0: Welcome to the Multifamily Mavericks podcast, hosted by Josiah Smelser and Megan Greathouse. This is your one-stop shop for building and growing your multifamily business. Join us on a weekly basis as we crack the code to multifamily investing and scale up to financial freedom. And now your hosts, Josiah and Megan.
1: Before we get started, let's take this opportunity to get connected. You can find me on Instagram at Daily Real Estate Investor. You can find Megan on Instagram at Part-Time Empire and our show on Instagram at Multifamily Mavericks. We're also both on LinkedIn. And if you're a multifamily investor, a multifamily syndicator, a mom and pop owner, want to partner with us on a deal or even have a deal you want to sell, get in touch with us. We want to hear from you. Shoot us a message through Instagram or LinkedIn and let's get to know each other. Hey, we're back with the Multifamily Mavericks podcast. Megan, what's up?
2: Hey, Josiah. Things are pretty good for me. I'm feeling pretty pumped after listening to today's podcast. How are you doing?
1: Man, I'm I'm doing awesome. I this episode just kind of it just blew my mind, to be honest. It was it was one of those episodes that stuck with me. And this is a re-release from the Daily Real Estate Investor podcast um, with Mike Ely who is an apartment investor. And yeah, this really motivated me. I mean, I, you know, I don't, I don't know where you are with like, you know, the the mindset towards the goals that you're going after Megan. But for me, there's been a big shift with going from, you know, originally wanting to invest in one to four family to trying to tackle multifamily. And that that shift really occurred. I mean, a, a number of things brought me to that one was the Grant Cardone 10x rule, right? Like, why why do you have the goal you have is it big enough another was the financial freedom that comes along with doing things at scale like multifamily and so this episode was very timely for me in that in that you know line of thought so yeah like what's going on with your business and like what you're working on and that kind of thing and um yeah what's what's the latest
2: Yeah. Well, so I am in that same spot. I've been in two to four family buildings for the past few years. And I am at that point where I'm just ready. I'm hungry to scale and for my next purchase to be something much bigger. So I'm looking at at least 16 units because that's four times my biggest building right now. I have a four family and it does require a mindset shift. It requires doing things a little bit differently. There are so many similarities, but there are enough differences in scale and how the lending works in, you know, your personal financial statement and how you have to get that ready, how you have to bring in partners Um, that it requires some changes in mindset. So when you told me that you wanted to re-release this episode as part of multifamily Mavericks, I went and listened to it right away and I understood why you wanted Mike's episode to come out here because anybody who's looking to make this shift go from, you know, I don't want to say small-time investor because you're doing big things if you're out there investing at all, but really scale up from the twos and fours or single families, Mike is somebody you want to hear. You want to hear his story and you want to hear how he thinks and how he thinks big and why.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And so a little background on Mike. Mike is from Cincinnati, uh, Ohio. He started off, uh, you know, kind of an, he's got entrepreneurial DNA, if you will, started off doing some different things. Um, but he, his businesses did not, he hit a, hit a point with some of his businesses. They weren't going so well, had to move back in with his parents, um, and was really down on his luck. And, and I don't want to give away the whole story, but went hardcore into multifamily total mind shift and started just really putting everything he had into this and was able to do some amazing things like pay, you know, pay off his mom's mortgage buy his partner a new car. I mean, things that are like, whoa, you know, so I mean, this, this is gonna, I think this is gonna really, really motivate a lot of you guys. And it definitely has motivated me. So um, yeah, I'm, I'm good with uh, with rolling into the episode. If you are Megan, got anything else to add?
2: Now I just think that he thought big, not only with his business and how big he wanted to build, but with the things he wanted to do for other people. So there's a lot of why in this episode. And I think we just roll right into it. Let's let everyone hear it for themselves.
1: Let's do it. Today, we have Mike Ely on the podcast. I'm super excited about this one. Mike is absolutely killing it in multifamily investing. That's something that I'm actually working towards right now. So I'm as excited if not more excited than anybody's probably going to listen to this because I'm going to learn from Mike today in this conversation. And I connected with Mike on Instagram. He's got a lot of great content. And uh, Mike, man, welcome to the show.
0: Hey, thanks for having me, Josiah, man. And welcome listeners. Glad to be a part of it, man. I'm hyped. Y'all got me amped and I haven't even done nothing yet. Okay. (laughs) I'm just hyped. Let's do it. (laughs)
1: Let's do it, man. Let's do it. All right, so Mike, you're in Cincinnati, Ohio, and you're killing it, man, with all this multifamily hey, investing. Hey, wait
0: and, a minute, get it right. It's the nasty natty, the baby. nasty natty, the nasty natty.
1: <laughs> so, like, tell us, tell us how you got going in real estate, and you tell us your story.
0: Yeah, so so real estate, man. I, I, I just saw it as a way of creating financial wealth. I was studying all. Of, multi-wealthy people and i noticed they all either have a business they own real estate or they have some type of insurance insurance company where they develop these streams of income and now the big thing is tech and so uh i went after it and uh and, and and did pretty good i did uh back in the day i don't know if you even remember the carlton sheets Uh, where you're leveraging your resources. And I also did Robert Allen, No Money Down. Mm -hmm. And uh, that worked out great. And then, uh, and I even went on to buy some car washes, the full service and detailing, and it was up to three hundred thousand a year. Had my corn rolls, I had the Timberland <laughs> boots, you know, and uh, lost it all, man. And moved back home with my mom and dad. I was thirty years old, and they painted my room pink and lavender, <laughs> and it was pretty sexy man
1: (laughs) so what what happened like what caused you to lose it all what was there an event in the market that happened was it something with your business
0: i I wish i could say it was the market it was just me (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah
0: uh no i I mean it's just like anything man you know you, you gotta have a plan you gotta have a, a vision and goal and, and you got to have reserves. And so, you know, I started robbing Peter to pay Paul, uh, you know, uh, uh, I actually lost money through nine eleven, but like I said, uh, unfortunately I can't even say it was nine 11's fault. Um, I just, we did have some, um, some issues there, but overall, again, I didn't have a plan, didn't have reserves. And, and like your mama say, save for a rainy day, I didn't have any rainy day funds. And so when my, you know, when you weren't profitable that much, cause that happens, uh, you need to pull from your reserves and I had nothing to pull from. Sure. So I Start start pulling from everywhere else and that began to sink me yeah. and I sunk.
1: Yeah. And I Re- sunk. Reserves are something that, that I've talked about a lot lately
0: because mm-hmm. of
1: COVID and all the stuff that's happened with that.
0: Oh, that's a perfect example. Yeah, of- yeah,
1: so, you know, it, it, reserves are important not only in real estate investing, they're important in any business you're in because there's ebbs and flow in your cash flow and your sales that, you know, some of it is seasonal, some of it is random, right? Like 9/11. Yep. Some of it's random, you can't predict that kind of stuff, and if you don't have enough in reserves, it can put you out of the game. So life has a way of teaching you these kind of lessons. I've been taught these lessons. This, you know, this happened to you as well. This is just one of those things like reserves are huge. So, um, I love that point. So, so let's, let's talk about your car washes folded, move back in with the parents. They painted your room pink. Take, take us from
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> you really want to talk about that. <laughs> No, I mean, you know, that was a rebuilding phase, man. You know, I don't regret any of it, but I don't want to do it again. Sure. Uh, But, you know, it taught me the importance of making a decision in in cash and money way. But also, I studied, uh, you know, I studied everything from, you know, landscaping to leaders to uh, dictators to religion to healing to, you know, how to make money. And what it all came down to was the simple universal principles. Treat others how you want to be treated. Love it. Uh, uh, Create your vision and and take action, you know? And then I learned, I was like, whoa, this is scripture. Like, you know, speak as if it were, although it's not. You got to speak it into existence and you got to take actions to bring it into existence. And so those are, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what you're doing, whether it's uh, uh, you are trying to take your soccer league team to the national champs to you want to get that job or you want to start a business. You got to have a plan. See what happens. Most people uh, don't want to say how they say they plant. They, they don't plan to fail. But plan the what is it? How am I gonna plan to act? Oh good lord! I feel like uh, a movie where you just mess it all up every time.
1: <laughs> I know what you're saying. They, they just uh, what is it? They, plan, we...
0: they don't plan to fail, but they plan they fail, fail to pl- the plan. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yeah, they don't plan to fail, but they fail to plan. And that, that's just one of the things, man, that happens. You just gotta take and take massive action, but it's the smart action.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I love the, I love that you bring up universal principles because, you know, I've found, i found the same thing to be true. You know, there's, you got to treat others like you want to be treated, which you, th- that sounds like something that everyone would say, yeah, of course, but that's not how a lot of people <laughs> operate.
0: Right. Well, and, and you know what, not even really even moving on that, but look at why people are protesting today. Cause you know, if, if you just treat other people the same way, you I'm not gonna say you're not gonna have issues, but you wouldn't have issues of this magnitude.
1: Sure, absolutely. Yeah, and then come up with a vision, right?
0: And yeah.
1: I think that is so huge. And I've actually, I've been actually working on this myself. But there's a book called Vivid Vision. I don't know if you've read it, but it's mm-hmm. by Cameron Harold. Mm-hmm. And there's a number of different people who've written on this topic. But anyway, he has you go through this. It's a really short, easy to read book. But you outline a you know, where you would be in three years, you write, you write your vivid vision as of where you are in three years and you document all the different aspects of your business, what's going on. And then, you know, I, so I wrote mine out. This is kind of my dream for where I am in three years. And then I've been, I got it edited by, by a professional editor. And then I've been going back through this thing on a daily basis. And I, I recorded it. I read it and recorded it, and I listened man, to it. And that's the, the best
0: way. Yeah. That's what, the best way, brother. That's yeah, the best way. Yeah. Yeah. When, I, when I'm in the
1: car driving around, this thing's about six minutes long. I play it. I try to play it ten times a day to man, just burn it, to man. just burn this into my brain. Right. So you
0: got to get into your spirit. You got to get into your mind, body, soul, man.
1: Absolutely. So tell you us about see, you're, you're tell spe- us about your vision you're, you're, and like how you how you put this together and how other people can do the same.
0: Yeah. Now. Nah, so. For some, people think it's really complex, but it's not. You just start writing, and and you just begin to write out what it is that you want to accomplish. It doesn't have to be exact. It could be anything. It could be one word. It could be a whole sentence. But keep it simple. I I simply just said, I want to own tons of real estate. I want to do this for my community. And I, I don't care how ridiculous you think it's going to be. I said, you know, I wanted to be a, a multi-millionaire. Uh, I said I wanted to give away scholarships. And uh, you know what? I wrote it down, and over a period of time, I began to just do that. Uh, I, I did even more things than that. Like I did things that I didn't think I would do. Well, I knew I wanted to because that was my goal, my dream, and I heard other people do it, but I wanted to buy my dream car in cash. And at the time it was a Cadillac Escalade. And you know what? I paid cash for it. One of the best feelings in my life, man. I uh, I wanted to do something nice for my mother and, and I paid her mortgage off in cash. Love it. Uh, and then I, I, uh, I wanted to do something for my partner because without my partner, I, you know what? I mean, yeah, I would've got here but I don't think it would have been as much fun and, and effort with the teamwork. And I got him. He likes to collect cars and I bought him a little, what it those little, what they call muscle cars, a 97 Dodge Viper. Nice. Paid cash for it, man. And so with a vision and goal and taking action, you know, these things come into existence. But one thing people don't understand is, you know, creating a vision Creating a goal, that's actually the easy part. You know, some may think it's difficult, but that's actually the easy part. The difficult part, which is I uh, learned as I was reading and I didn't even realize it, um, is the commitment and the discipline. Uh-huh. It's like a diet, you know, Yeah. you want to lose that weight, but it, you got to commit to not eating certain foods and working out at certain times. And it's a challenge. Well, I mean, you know, it, it takes discipline and commitment because in anything you want to attain, anything you want truly in life and truly be successful, you got to master it. And then Malcolm, Malcolm Gladwell's book, um, it was either David and Goliath or Outliers. He talks about you got to have 10,000 hours. Mm-hmm. And when I read that, I was like, that's, that's why it's so difficult. Because. <laughs> who wants to put 10,000 hours into something <laughs> I mean do you know how long it takes to put 10,000 hours even if you want to speed it up I mean that's 40 hours a week on a topic or subject you have no idea what you're doing uh-huh. and then you learn it over and over and, and, and just to give you a perspective I mean they say for if I may, may be wrong but 4,000 hours you can you're, you're, you're a teacher no, no, 4000 hours you're average. 8000 hours you have enough to teach, but 2000 hours more you become a master.
1: Yeah, that's 250 weeks of 40 hours a week. <laughs> <laughs> so let's say you're doing this 50 50 weeks a year taking 2 weeks off. We're talking about 5 years of 40 hours a week. You know?
0: So you so so think about that. You already got a 9 to 5 you're already putting in four hours. When are you gonna do the other time? When are you gonna sleep? <laughs> and that's when you hear people like, "I don't sleep. I'll commit." I, you know, now don't don't forgive me. I, I recommend you sleeping, but you know, I get it. You it, it's. But that's what. And then that's why all these things. So that's why they say be passionate, love what you do, because. Uh, 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 Dr. Scott Peck in his book, The Road Less Travel, he talked about uh, the tools that you need to succeed in life. And one of those things he talks about is he talks about love and there's different love. There's there's a passionate love, there's unconditional love, there's romantic love, but. And things you want to succeed in, and in in any relationship, the universal uh, love that you need, no matter what it is, is unconditional love. Uh, Because you got to love it when it's not good and when it's not bad. And when you start a career, it's not always rosy in a relationship. It's not always rosy Uh, when you're dating somebody or your brother sister, your sibling says something, you know. You know, it, the only thing you can say was like, that was really stupid. But you know what? I love you. And 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 these are universal tools because within love, you have forgiveness. And, and forgiveness says it all because love is forgiving to others.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. So we were talking before I hit record here. And you've got a roughly a thousand doors, multifamily yep. doors. Mm-hmm. And I want to read this post that you posted the other day on Instagram because I love it so much. This is like probably one of the best posts I've ever seen on Instagram. And I, I like can't oh, like this Thanks post brother. enough. Yeah, but I want to read this. You posted a picture of the Alchemist, the book The Alchemist, which I actually love that yep. book. Yeah. And by the way, you guys can find Mike at let's see, Mike Ely Nassau. He's at Mike Neely Nassau. It's M I K E E A L Y N A S S A U. So go give him a follow on Instagram. He's got a lot of great content, very motivational. But anyway, there's this post on, it's got a picture of the book, The Alchemist. And here's what Mike wrote. And I just got to read this because like this, this just like hit me right between the eyes. So motivational. So awesome. Here's what he said. He's got, quoting from the book. And when you want something, all the universe conspires in helping you achieve it. The Alchemist. And then Mike wrote, this book has influenced me in a profound way. The above quote is not some new age mumbo jumbo. It's real. For example... In 2018, I set the goal of acquiring 70 million worth of real estate deals by 2019. We acquired 100 million. I still couldn't believe it. So by the end of last year, I set the goal of 300 million worth of real estate deals for 2020. I have no idea how I could achieve it. I just believed I could. Then weird things started happening afterwards. A seller approached me with a portfolio of hotels. I started getting students who are bringing me big apartment deals, 620 units, 470 units. It's crazy how the universe works. What about you? What big goals have you set? And were you surprised you achieved? So like, I love that, man. I mean, this yeah. idea of setting a massive goal and then. Yeah, that gives
0: me chills just thinking about that. Again. Yeah, man. Whoa. that That's
1: like <laughs> one of the best things I've ever read. And I think it's because, you know, you dream big. You dream really big, but probably so big that you're like, this is kind of crazy, right?
0: Yeah. Uh, 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 like they call B Hags, big, hairy, audacious goal. Yeah, exactly.
1: Goal. Exactly. Big, hairy, audacious goal. You dreamed huge. And then you had the commitment and dedication to go out there and work for it and you made it happen. The universe conspired to to you know meet you halfway, right? Like that's right, the universe that's right. ain't gonna drop things in your lap. But mm-hmm. but when you're out there working your tail off for it and going after it and dreaming big, those are the people that accomplish those kind of things. Right, That's so right. I always say, like, you get in line, you get what you get in line for a lot of times. So, like, you know, right. you're not gonna own a portfolio of apartment complexes, you know, if you're working a nine to five and not investing money in real estate, right? So you gotta That's like, right. gotta set yourself up for this. So, so like, how do you? So let's talk to like talk to us about forming our goal, right? And where you were when you made that goal, and how you went after that goal and had the discipline to do it, like on a daily basis.
0: You know, um, well look, man, I'm human and, and I, I listen to people for motivation all the time. And, and I like I love hearing Eric Thomas. Uh, he's a hip hop preacher. He always puts something out every Monday on YouTube. And uh, he, he's on there talking about I remember one time he was talking about and it was so a reminder of my story. He talked about how he had to go making seventy five thousand. And then he, he did it, and then he had to go making one hundred fifty thousand. And then he did it, and then he's like, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna do bigger. I'm gonna do 500000 And so, the next thing you know, he he was like, "Man, I set that goal. You know what? I was pissed. I was just heated." <laughs> and they was like, "Why?" Everybody's like, "Why? Why are we so upset?" Because you know what? I I did it. I did five hundred thousand. And the problem is, you put limitations on what you can obtain. You know, you gotta think bigger because whatever you put out there and you make a commitment to, you're gonna make it happen. It's, it's just gonna happen. Uh, and, and 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 the best way to say it, uh, I was uh, another way of saying it was, uh, it was back in the day these when it, there was a drought for these farmers. They would go see these Indians to do a rain dance. And whenever the Indians came, they did a rain dance and they no longer had a drought. And so they went and asked the Indians, what's the secret? They said, it's easy. I don't stop dancing until it rains.
1: (laughs) I love that. (laughs) I love that. That's awesome.
0: And so that's the thing, man. We put limitations in there. And so, and then look, what's the worst case? What's the worst case? You set a million dollar deal. Okay. Okay. For you, you may not even, you may not even know how to add up to a million dollars, but who cares? You set the goal. And guess what? Let's say you did fail. But how about this? You made a hundred grand. But what if you just set the goal for $10,000 and failed? you might've made nothing or 10 bucks. So which failure do you really want? Absolutely. Yeah. Or, or you set the goal
1: for a hundred or uh, you know, a million bucks, you make a hundred and you, or, or you set your goal for 10,000 and you make 10,000, you know, yeah. the second scenario, you're like, I hit my goal, but the failure was dreaming big enough and thinking big enough. Right. And that's yeah, what, and- that's what the, that's what 99% me included and you are probably in the same boat at some point in your life. That's what we all struggle mm-hmm. with so much is believing in ourselves enough to dream big and go after what we're capable of.
0: Yeah. And, and you know what? A lot of it's because of your environment and what you saw. Like when I first thought, you know, I didn't think it was a, Oh, well, let's say I knew we could do it, but I had no idea, but it wasn't until I saw other people doing it, uh, is when I truly believed it was obtainable. And it's kind of like the I share in my webinar the four-minute mile, and back in 1945 of uh, I forgot Roger Bannister. Uh, uh, he broke. He was the first person to run the four-minute mile. And but everybody, what was so great about it is, back then nobody thought it was possible. Like, who could you? Who, there's no way you can run a four-minute mile. And then on top of it, you had all these obstacles, too, like the shoes, the track, all of that, right? You know, they went into that. And then soon as Rochester did it, 45 days later, John Landy did it. And then immediately following, multiple people. Even to this day, high school kids are doing the four-minute math. And so I say that was when I started surrounding myself by these developers. I was fortunate enough to be around uh, large developments happening in uptown area in Cincinnati. I was part of the community council and president. And so because of that, they were doing over three or four billion dollars worth of development. All right. So first of all, like what? Three billion. (laughs) And then I noticed these guys were doing hundred million dollar developments. You know, each development was a hundred to two, three hundred million. And then I realized these guys were down to earth. Sure. Now they may have started off with money unlike us. Right. You know, they were surrounded with some family with money. But what I noticed is they still had the same issues. Sure. Still have family issues. Still had management issues, and I thought just because you were making that kind of money, you could pay somebody to handle that. And and it, which is true, but they got different issues. But they still had the same contract issues. They still had the same delays. They still have people stealing parts off the job. And I was like, well, damn! If they still doing with them same issues, and that's a hundred million dollar a job, a project that'll net them ten, you know, ten to twenty million. I'm doing this little hundred thousand dollar job to make <laughs> fifteen to twenty thousand, and they got the same headache. I might as well do that. Absolutely, yeah, exactly. And, yeah, and, and that. that's what pushed me. And 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 here's the thing: when you start really telling yourself to do three hundred million, or hundred million, or one million, or hundred thousand, wherever you believe in that, when you start really tuning into that. That's when your mind will start opening up. That's when you'll start attracting the things to you. And then you'll start thinking differently. And that's the one thing about having a big goal is what I learned as going in the lab and dissecting it. It's, it's not the fact you just set a big goal. goal. Once you start setting a big goal, your whole perspective begins to change on the possibilities. And then you'd be like, well, how the hell am I to do a $300 million deal? And then, like I said, well, I, I probably need to do a hotel because that's something. And then a portfolio comes. <laughs> Excuse me. I mean, like I said, students or people start bringing you things because you start sharing your idea. And then people want to be a part of it.
1: I love it. I love it. So how do you... How do you advise someone goes from being stuck in the mindset of smaller thinking to embracing thinking big? How do you make that jump?
0: You gotta, uh, you gotta start surrounding yourself around other people. You gotta start reading other things. You know, you, you gotta, you know, uh, whatever you watch, like, when when I was really broke, man, I really honed in. Like, you know, one thing is, man, I I cuss a lot, and you know they get on me. But so what I would do, I stopped listening to all my my, my rap music. <laughs> I, I I cut it out, and <laughs> I'd listen to classical. And and but and, and 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 but I still love my music. It ain't just that. I just listen R and B. It didn't matter. I listen to everything, sure. heavy metal, punk, all that. I, I quit listening to that stuff. Only, you know, I, I was more classical. And then a book, I was cautious on what I watched on TV. Even with the news, I didn't want to watch it. You know, don't get me wrong. I ain't saying I didn't pick it up, but I, I just sure. tuned all of that out. And I tuned into to where I wanted to be at. And that's what I listened and watched. And then I, 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 even when I read and even what I ate, like, I, I just, I, I, I went all in, man.
1: I love it. Yeah. It's so, I mean, you're hitting on something that's huge. I mean, like, it's so important, the narrative that's playing in your head and the stuff you're putting into your head has a lot to do with that, right? Like. Mm-hmm. I find this. I find myself in the same situation when I'm listening listening to music that is a certain way, watching shows that are a certain way, honing into news that's a certain way. It affects my thinking in that way, right? Even if you mm-hmm. don't, even if you're like, oh, this this, you know, I can listen to this. It's not affecting me. Look, it, it may not be affecting you a lot, but it's affecting you a little bit, and that's well, enough. It's
0: in your subconscious, right? Just getting in your subconscious. subconscious, and
1: that's enough. That's enough. So like in you're talking about surrounding yourself with the right people. Like in my experience, if you look around you and and nobody around you is is taking action and doing the things that you're trying to do and you feel stuck, well maybe you need to surround yourself with some different people, right? And it doesn't mean like kick all your friends to the curb. I'm not saying that at all. Right. I, I got That's the same right. friends. I've had. I've, some of my friends I've had since I was five years old. I don't care. Yeah. I don't care if they're working at a gas station, if they're unemployed, if they're president of a bank. I don't care. I love those people. But I'm That's just true. saying, I'm saying like if you, if you want to buy a thousand doors by next year and nobody you know is investing in real estate, you probably, <laughs> need, you probably need to meet some other folks. You know what I'm saying?
0: So- hey, man, that's it, I got one of my first larger apartment deals because of my environment. Uh, I'll never forget. It was the model group. Uh, Steve Smith was the CEO at the time, and uh, they they were the one of the largest in the city of low-income tax credits. And uh, I went over there. I was a realtor, and uh, i never forget. I get a call my buddy Brent who's the broker and we worked that model it was like hey you like you like properties in multi units like yeah I said man I think I got a deal for you Steve's gonna talk to you and Steve calls me in the office say hey man I hear you like managing properties uh, I got this this 30 something unit 28 unit downtown you can buy it and you know I'll come back and pick it up from you in a couple of years. Uh, and I was like, really? I said, what do I owe you? Nothing. <laughs> and look, it's got reserves in there to take it over. This nonprofit is managing. They need help. I don't want to be bothered with it. And he was like, you can buy it for whatever. And so I ended up buying this thing. I, I went over, fixed this whole building up. They already had 16000 17000 in reserves. I used their reserves to fix the building up. Then I bought it at seven thousand a door already up and running and then I ended up selling it I was all in for like one sixty dollars seven they came back and bought it from me for like three hundred thousand wow and I was making 20 thirty thousand a year so when you talk about surrounding yourself by other people yeah I mean and that was were crumbs for them yeah. You got really, I was a crumb. He was like, man, basically, I don't want that. He yeah. was like, My sweet spot <laughs> is, you know, doing one to three million. Now, that's what he said at the time. Now he's doing even bigger deals, but that's what they did all day. They would do, I don't know, four or five deals a year in that one to three million.
1: L- and, let's talk uh, about the low income tax credit part of this. I'm, I'm, a, I'm mm-hmm. guessing that your gains were tax free on that. Is that correct?
0: No. So, so tax credits is a little different. That's kind of like a subsidy where uh, they they give you fund. They give you a tax credit, and then what you would do is sell it to these uh, second uh, layer groups that will buy your tax credit.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And they at sometimes they paid you like ninety seven percent, ninety two to ninety
1: seven percent
0: on the dollar. Mm-hmm. Then it even dropped. But later on it dropped and picked back up. And with that, you got a subsidy. And so you converted that to cash. They got the tax break. And then what you did was keep the the, the rent based on their medium income of that level, um, affordable housing. And 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 you were able to lease it, but it subsidized your construction.
1: Gotcha. On uh, on that. So uh, that makes, that makes total sense. Like tax credit, it's, I guess money, money that could go towards tax rebates. You can take and sell those things off. Um, Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. makes total sense. Um, so let's, let's go back to your setting this massive goal and then you accomplishing this. And I know you said you have a partner and I would love to talk about, you know, how, how you were able to take down this thousand doors that you have, but let's talk about like, on a daily basis, or I, I want to know how you planned and the steps you took to start making this dream a reality.
0: Um, Man. So, 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 so for my initial phase that, that started man back when I was in high school. You know, I just felt there was a, there was money out there. And I thought there was abundance of money. When I didn't understand this, how come some people had money and others didn't? Like, it didn't make sense. And I was like, if this person has so much money, how come other people ain't doing it? And then I and then I realized, you know, over a period of time, I know why now people don't have it, because they won't take the time to study and commit to it. And, and the challenges and ups and downs, you have to go through that. But I literally... He said, I want to do some real estate, and I want to own a couple of houses. And at the time, all I really wanted was to live rent-free and to have one or two houses, or so two families. And then once I started doing that, it, it's no money down, I was like, whoa. now the first one was the toughest because it was just finding the deal. But once I started doing it, I was like, this is easy. I might as well keep going. <laughs> and, and And that's what happened. I just kept going. But I was over leveraged, um, and you know, over leveraged. Meaning I borrowed too much on the Back then, you could pick your own appraiser and everything. But the point of over leveraging was you would get money back at closing, and then you would take that money, and then that was your money for your next deal to do your down payment. But after you did a couple like that, you, you, was, you were supposed to then go for real deals. But I didn't, you know, I didn't know that. I just, you know, and I was going after marginal deals. And that's one thing I learned. I don't do marginal deals anymore. I don't base it off because, well, if you buy that cost and then it'll appreciate over time, get that. If it ain't undervalued, I won't do it. Mm-hmm. I and mean, if I can't bump the wrench. Uh, but, but then my when I lost everything, I knew I wanted to be tighter. I wanted to make millions and I wanted to buy more things under value. And so I did just that. And. But over a period of time, I progressed into a partnership. Like I would flip deals with some guys from here, you know, from time to time. And what relationships advanced and developed and and, and we learned more. And then it was kind of like we became our own board, right? It's like, look, man, we're making a lot of dumb mistakes. Why don't we just, whether you do the deal or I don't do the deal, whatever we partner, just check in with each other so you don't be barred. Because what's going to end up happening is you mess up. I'ma still end up being over there helping you to get out of this situation. So mm-hmm. let's right now agree to that, and we agree that we will look after each other, and and only do the deal if we agree on it. And well, you know, immediately right after that we. We, we wanted to do a deal and didn't agree we still end up doing the deal and screwed up. so but after that second time we really agreed to it. And to this day, if we don't agree, we don't do the deal. nice that, that's it. And so but in that time I went broke. I wrote these and I wrote all these uh, those big dreams and I literally laid them out. I was like, I want to resort. I want hotels. I want some businesses. I want to put somebody in office. And I literally put a, uh, uh, um, uh, I call it a vision board or a, I took a PowerPoint and I put that little symbolic time boxes and everything, mm-hmm. a, flow, a flow chart, and I posted it on my wall. And that's what I looked at every day. And I still got it. That's and, awesome. I, and I'm an amount amazement because I planted it so far and hard into my, my heart my spirit that, you know, I still know what's there. And I look up like, whoa, I did that. That's awesome. And I am i don't even look at it no more. And I'm like, this is it. But it's still in my mind. and I know what I want. And even my biggest failures, one of my failures, I, I finally got the opportunity to do a $70 million development. Well, I had the opportunity to do it. It, was, it fell apart. And I was embarrassed. You know, and 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 just upset, and and you know, and 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 all that combined, our group lost four hundred thousand, you know, on the development that never took place. And you know, one could you know, you could go and and just give up and quit. And but I learned so many things from that. It's it's ridiculous, you know. I, can, I have now not a wealth of financial gain, but a wealth of knowledge. And from that, mm. from that one project, I ended up getting a partner that has over $2 billion of hotels. Mm. And it works with me. And then I learned even more about how to care for my family and finding the right partner. You know, you just don't take money from anybody. Right. You know, because it's kind of like a marriage, you know, just because they got money don't mean you take it. You're going to end up being married to them for three to five years or a lifetime. And then here's the bad. Here's the good or bad. Then I I don't people think about it, but then there's the first, second and third generation of wealth. And that whole thing changes because the first generation grandpa went out and worked day to day. And they, and, 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 so the second generation, the son seen dad working and they may have a different feeling about that. Cause either they, it did or it didn't take away from their quality time for father and son. And so the son either wants to move it forward or does not. But then when you bring that third generation, now you got your, your uncles and your cousins and nephews involved. And look, when you get in a big family, people don't even know each other. Right? Sure. So here's the other thing. They don't even know what what grandpa did to make this. And so all they're doing is that's where they come in, what do they call? Um uh uh insight insight not insightful, uh the expectation that they're supposed to have this. Um and 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 they never know what they went through to do and they just spoiled brat that mm-hmm. just wants their money. That's what they call that trust fund, baby.
1: Inti- and so, entitled.
0: It's, there you go. They become entitled and they expect all these things, but never knew what it took to get there. And so I, I seen all that. And, and, and even that I learned the importance of family, you know, I never not forget. I was talking to my partner, the older guy, you know, uh, he was talking about, there was a daddy daughter dance and I didn't want to go to it, right? Yeah, you know, uh, because well, growing up, we we not my father was around and my mom and dad together, but we didn't have that. We didn't go to daddy daughter dance. Those didn't exist. No way they may exist, but we ain't go to them. And uh, I told him, "Man, like, man, my wife want me to go to this daddy daughter dance and blah blah blah. I don't want to go to that. This gonna be boring." And and and, he, and Mr. Doane says, "Mike." Look, man, you don't know what you're missing out on, brother. He was like, you know, I got, I was fortunate enough to sub in for my granddaughter one year. And man, we had the best time in the world. And they just look into your eyes and, and, and you just, you focused on you and her at that one time. And Mike, you're going to miss out on that, but that's an event they'll never forget for the rest of their life. And so I went to that daddy-daughter dance and it was exactly what he said. And every year to this day my daughter's 9 now 10 and, and we go every year and that's that's her big event every year she wants to go to. And that's that. a moment that will last forever and that's you can't put no money on that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I took I took my oldest um we had one near us and I'd never been I'd never even heard of that, you know, like that's not yeah. something my family did either. Growing up, my dad didn't take uh, my sister to that kind of thing. I didn't even know, know they really existed, to be mm-hmm. honest. Yeah, exactly. One of my friends exactly. told me about it and I said, what's that about? You know, they they kind of told me what it was and I was like, "Uh," eh. I was kind of on the fence. And yeah. my daughter, I mentioned it to my daughter and she was just coming apart at the seams to go, you know. And I think she <laughs> was like, five, you know, like maybe four years old or something. I took her over there and she, she talks about it to this day all the time. And mm-hmm. it's like, yeah, you know, like, and that's what I love about your story. Mike is like, you're think you're, you're embracing experiences that maybe, you know, weren't taught to you, weren't presented to you. And you're going out there and doing things out of your comfort zone. And that to me mm-hmm. is a com- a common thread that I see with almost every successful, probably every successful real estate investor that I've had on my podcast. And even these guys I read about is that that common thing right there, they embrace learning. They embrace different experiences outside of their comfort zone that stretches and grows them. And that's so important. I think when you're trying to grow as a person in life is not just staying in your comfort zone and only doing what you've always done because that's going to give you the same results you have. Right. So yeah, it's so important yeah, right. to like do things that are different, you know, think, think outside the box, you know, maybe let somebody else give you an idea that you haven't had. And even if you're like, I don't know about that, maybe look into it further, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. No, man. The comfort zone is everything, man. You know, the comfort zone, that's where your peace and your your, your goodwill is and you understand And But you know, as soon as you step out of that zone, that's when it starts to get a little difficult and challenge and you start to get scared. And I like to say when you're in that uncomfortable zone, that's when you hear this loud, deafening sound of silence.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so true so true oh you, you, that's so true i've never thought of that but yeah you step outside your comfort zone and there's just a loud silence going on
0: and you're like okay <laughs> here we here we go <laughs> you don't know where you're going there's direction but what happens you got to keep learning you keep walking and what happens that learning begins that's exactly what as you so the learning begins and then and then you move into the, the that educational zone. And then what happens, you'll grow even more and you begin to know what you want, what it is your desire. And that's when you begin to set the goals. And then because of that and you're speaking it, then that's when the bridge, will. someone will come and bring you a bridge. You may not know them or you will know them. And that's when you'll be able to get to your destination.
1: Absolutely. I love it, man. So you mentioned looking for value add deals on this multifamily portfolio portfolio that you've built. What is your strategy on on how you buy and and manage deals?
0: I mean, it's simple: buy low, sell high. I mean, I, I like to, you know, my, the, the the ideal goal, the ones that's been winner is always uh, a buying that don't want her. Or that, that the owner that's owned it for years and they're 70, 80 years old, and the family doesn't want it. And so they sell it. And what happened is they took care of it, or maybe they didn't take care of it, but they never increased the rent, which is great. And so they're like, hey, and here's the big thing. They was like, look, I want a lot of money for it. And 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 in Cincinnati, for most people, you know, that's not a big thing, but Buying something at a six cap in Cincinnati, I was like, whoa, you're crazy, man. <laughs> and uh, like, because, you know, that's that's like California prices in my head. Yeah. And but now that's where a lot of stuff is in the six and seven, even C properties. But the thing was, I was like a six cap. And but after I thought about it, I was like, man, he never pushed the rents up. Uh, man we could we really buy this at a 10 or 12 cap like because really i could have jumped in and just pushed the wrench 300 bucks without doing anything and and so those are the kind of deals we look for not necessarily always going up three, four hundred dollars, but lately that's that's you know, my minimum is like, look, you want to at least be able to push the rents by a hundred, two hundred bucks, right? Somewhere in that range, you know, the higher the better, but at least a hundred bucks. Sure. And that's when you're creating some value. Uh, but lately we've found deals where we write conservatively and and you know where I'm thinking I'm gonna push it three, four hundred bucks, man, we end up pushing rents by Four five hundred bucks. That's wild. Yeah, that was crazy. You, and you mentioned.
1: I saw a post. You mentioned using seller financing. Are you mm-hmm. are you, are you finding these deals off market? Or are you finding them from brokers? And how are you structuring yeah, the seller financing?
0: So yeah, they are off market, and yeah, sometimes they come from a broker. Uh, but you know, they because they, they call me, they get an opportunity, they call me, and call our group. And, uh, and and we'll, we'll go do the deal. Now, sometimes we were like, it was the opportunity. Like there was one in, in one part of town, Cincinnati. Uh, we didn't really want to get a loan and nor did we really think we were going to be able to get a loan. And we was like, look, man, we just put it out there. You need to finance this, you know, because of the location and it was things again. And we knew, we knew the lady because we already had did a deal through another partner previously. And she did some financing. So that's why we hit her up again because we kind of knew she was. But there's been some deals we just straight up asked. Because, like, we bought during the Great Recession, we bought a uh, 97 unit portfolio. And I can't remember, but it was like a million five for the whole thing, million three, million five. And we told the guy to hold 200, 300,000 in paper. And no, it was 500,000. And because of that, we brought the rest of the cash and we had money to fix it because we, 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 we had raised, I think a million, a million five, but the whole deal cost 2 million, I think. So we got that owner to hold 500,000 and we did the rest of it and, and, and.
1: Go ahead. When, so when you say you raised it, are you talking about doing a syndication, getting investors to put in that one point five, or was there any bank financing?
0: Yeah, or? no, no bank financing. I had no bank bank financing. I I just started really doing loans in the last four years. Interesting, because uh, well, now here's the thing: my my credit was jacked up, uh, and fortunately, during that period of time, I had investors. Between about seven, eight investors, I had like $5 million bucks. Oh, wow. So, you know, that, that took time. But, you know, between those, you know, we could do whatever we want. So I didn't. And I wasn't thinking big. I wasn't doing big deals. So I was like, sure. man, we're comfortable. Yeah. And you talk about comfort zone. What really did it, I wanted to get in a hotel, so I needed to get more investors. And my main guy that would have introduced us to his family members, you know, he ended up dying on me. And that was one guy that had like three or four million with us. Mm. And so you're talking about getting out of your comfort zone. <laughs> I like, God bless him, but I'm so mad at him. <laughs> but I'm so <laughs> I'm grateful. But uh, yeah, we end up having to go out and you know raise money and talk to people, and, that, and that's why you kind of see me here. And, and God bless me, thinking big. It, it this thing's getting bigger than what we expected.
1: Sure. What What's your goal? What's your long term goal,
0: man? We want to own of over a billion dollars in assets. Uh, have a minimum three hundred million in net worth. Love it, and uh, we can do that in eight years. And COVID's going to make that happen for us even better.
1: <laughs> well, I, I know with one hundred percent certainty that you are going to get there. So I am looking forward to watching this unfold. Tell well, me, thank you, brother. Yeah, man. As as we as we wrap this up the idea of you paying off your mom's mortgage is something that had to be one of the highlights of your life, right?
0: Oh man. Amazing.
1: Uh, Tell, tell me about that. Tell me about that. How, tell me about that experience and what that was like, you know, going through your, your car washes, going under your credit being destroyed, you know, having issues and then dreaming big, coming up with this audacious goal, going out there, making this thing happen. And then, you know, to somebody who raised you going in and helping them pay off their mortgage. They like, tell us what that was like.
0: Man, You know, I, I constantly thought about it and then it was the opportunity. I, I'll never forget. It. Actually, again, relationships, my insurance broker told me, uh, he was my life insurance agent. He's like, man, do it now. You know? Cause I was like, I could do. I, I want, you know. I shared what I wanted to pay my mom's mortgage off, and, and I was like, "But I want to wait till I got a little more money, and you know, this and that." For example, for my car, I could have did my car years ago, but I wanted more. I didn't, you know. I just didn't like running off and spending money, man. I want to have a big bank, and but. <laughs> when the time was right, I did it. And so this particular one, he was like, man, go do it now, man. You, you know, you don't know how long your mom's going to be here and, you know, you waiting for the opportunity just do it. And, 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 so I said, you know what, you're right. And, uh, we waited for her birthday and, uh, I, I called the bank and, you know, I knew the people at the bank and they knew me and they gave me the information and man, I, I wrote that check, man. And it. Uh, brought tears to my eyes and it was even special because my, my father had passed away and uh, I'll never forget, literally on his bedside, I, I told him, I said, man, you know, uh, don't worry, I'll take care of everything. Uh, he says, you know why? I'm just a reflection of you. And so, uh, you know, so and, and you can see in his eyes, man, that he was able to relax because, uh, you know, for some people and people you have never even experienced that, you know that's that, that that's that's one reason people don't want to let go because they're afraid who's going to take care of the fam who's going to do this and keep their legacy going mm-hmm. or not even legacy, just take care of the family and so i stepped up and took that role and i i, I had a what we call the double whammy you know i took care of my mom but i i, I made good on that promise i love it man and, it's bringing and, tears you know,
1: to my eyes just listening to it <laughs> it's awesome man so that's awesome. That that's what that's what the I mean, the power of hustle, of motivation, of determination, of grit and of dreaming big and and making it happen. That's what that can do is give you the ability to go pay your mom's mortgage off, you know, pay, you know, buy a car for your partner, you know, like yeah. do do life life changing you know, make memories happen that are bigger than the money. Right. The money's yeah, the money stuff we can't take with us, but we can impact people's lives with it. And that's, what and I'm-
0: that's the key word impact is you, 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 it can't, now here's the other thing. It's very important. It can't be about the money. No, I know it's so important. And you'd be like, it's about, it's not, it is what it's not. You got to be of service to someone else. And if you're not able to be of service to someone else, it's not going to do you any good. You're not going to get there. And because and, that's the purpose. And so my why, my purpose is what drives me, man. And that, and that's how I was able to do that. It, me grinding it out. It wasn't just for me, you know, I could have stopped when I bought the car, right? I could have sure. stopped when I hit the million. But I was like, man, I got to, I got, what good is it I'm on this island by myself? Yeah, I, exactly. you know, I got to change my surroundings. And, 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 and that's, that's yeah. I'll say no more, but that, that's, yeah. that's why I did it, man. I, well, I, and, that,
1: and that's why you're going to reach your billion because you're doing it not for the money. And that means you have a, you have a bigger reason, a bigger why, and that's why it's going to happen for you, you know? And I, I think that's available to literally anyone who's willing to embrace that concept. Like if you're chasing the money, you can make a lot of money, but it's going to be lonely, man. You know, yeah. it's going to be lonely because you're going to be sitting on your Island or on, you know, on your golf course or whatever it is. And you're going to be like, well, this money doesn't make me happy, you know? Yeah, And exactly. And if you do it for a different reason to make an impact, to, to love others, to reach other, treat other people like you want to be treated, man, that's the stuff that really matters. Taking care of your mom, taking care of your partner, you know, taking care of people that are hurting, like that stuff really matters. That stuff's worth working for and we're working hard for mm-hmm. So I love this, man. I love this whole story. Like, tell tell us where the listeners can connect with you and that kind of thing.
0: Man, you, you can connect with me naturally on Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, Mike Ealy. But you know what? Keep it simple. You can uh, go, uh, go to From Broke to Millions. Go to our website, From Broke to Millions. Uh, you can get our book and learn more about what we do and we also have classes if you want to go you know get to that level also or find deals you know some up some you know my partner was actually a student so understand my partner was a student so that's you awesome. know there's great there's great opportunities man and so um yeah from broke to millions.com that's an easy place or like i said it's mike ely lee nassau or or my Nassau Mike Healy, I don't know, Instagram, but you can find me over there, man, one of
1: those. <laughs> Mike Nealy Nassau is what I just saw. So Okay, yeah, Mike go, Healy Nassau go, there. Go connect with Mike <laughs> over there. He puts a lot of awesome content up. And um, Mike, uh, as we part, you have any books you recommend people checking out? Obviously, they need to check out your your website. Uh, I know you put a lot of good content out. You got your book. Are there any other books you recommend?
0: Yeah, so you know, naturally, I'm gonna say again, from broke to millions, you get that. Uh, you can only buy it on the web right now, but that'll be at uh, that'll be on Amazon here in the next thirty days. Uh, but man, I enjoyed. It. If you're gonna push yourself, uh, I-, I did uh, relentless. By, I think that's Tom Grover. Okay, uh, how he trained? Uh, he trained uh, Dwayne Wade, Michael Jordan, uh, and the Mamba. Kobe Bryant, and how they were like good, great, and closers, Um, uh, that that was one of it. And then also, when you want to learn communications, uh, crucial conversations and crucial confrontations. You know, those those are some of the great books that I read that that helped elevate my game and speaking to others and learn how to communicate, you know, those... Those are some things that push you. Now, relentless is a, is a little harsh, and it's a little profanity in there. And even I use a lot of profanity. I was like, "Whoa!" But, <laughs> it, it, but, but, it's intense. And I, and I, that was just one of the books. And, um, and if for some of you, if you're starting off, you know, get the Holy Grail, the Bible, rich, dead, poor, dead. I mean, you can never go wrong. Mm-hmm. And the cash flow quadrant. Uh, and then, um, oh, but. Really, I'm I'm in love with Malcolm Gladwell right now. Outliers and 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 David and Goliath. That just meant so much to me, man. That's
1: awesome. I just ordered Relentless. I'm excited to read that one.
0: Yeah, no, that's that was sweet.
1: Well, brother, this has been awesome. I uh, I haven't met you in person, but I love you already. So, uh, man, this thanks, has been, boss. This has been this has been. Probably my favorite podcast episode that I've ever done. So I just think there's something to all this that, you know, implanting this idea of dreaming big, like deep in your brain, in your heart is the key and having a, having a why that's about more than the money. And you've crushed this thing, man. I'm I'm so happy to share this story and I know you're going to continue to. So I look forward to, you know, meeting you in person at some point And also, you know, you know, cheering you on, on your journey. So thanks so much for being a guest on the show.
0: Hey, thank you. Thanks for having me, man. Love being here. Listeners enjoy and and utilize this man. Think big, man. Just remember you one big deal away. Talk to you.
1: Yeah. Love it, man. All right. We'll, we'll catch you next time. I got to have you back on sometime.
0: All right. That'd be great, man. Thanks a lot, buddy.
2: Thanks for tuning in to Multifamily Mavericks. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave us a rating and review and share it with your friends. It helps us grow, which helps us find great guests, which in turn helps you grow. And don't forget to connect with us on LinkedIn or on Instagram at Multifamily Mavericks at Daily Real Estate Investor at Part-Time Empire. Join us next time to keep learning the multifamily game and scale up to financial freedom.